for me. I'm a man. I'm 40. It's oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin. Yeah. I let the Stoops. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello and welcome to the Around the Twelve podcast. My name is Tanner Price. I'm here with my co-host Greg Hockert. Greg, what what you got for us today? You got any big news? You got some exciting news? What what do you got for us? I don't. I mean, when you put it like that, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, we are getting ready for bowl season. Uh, the transfer portal uh, still still in full swing. Um, not as crazy as the opening week was, but still in full swing. Uh, as far as myself goes, no, yeah, not not, not very, uh, not not a very eventful, not a very eventful week. No football to watch. Basketball's been okay. We went to the Oklahoma City Thunder game last night. That was pretty fun. That was yeah, Tyler Hero with the game winning, uh, game winning bucket. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was a good game. Uh, Greg and I wore I wore my Denver Nuggets jersey. Greg wore his San Antonio Spurs jersey. We were just. We were just there to have a good time. I was cheering for a close game. <laughs> That's one of the few times I can say that. It was fun. I mean, uh, honestly, the Heat have a lot of, um, I mean, really fun players to like, actually watch play in person. That's true. Unfortunately, Jimmy Butler was is out with an injury. But Tyler Hero, he put on a, he put on a show. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. Well, um, Greg, actually, <laughs> getting into our, our schedule here. Um, I think that we need to mention uh, Mike Leach's passing. He created the air raid offense, coached at Texas Tech, had a great team there. Um, yeah, just what are your thoughts on Mike Leach and what he did for football, but also the Big 12? His coaching tree is insane, um, and that's probably not the first thing I should mention. I think, obviously, um, there have been – some really cool stories that have come out uh, about him uh, after his passing um, earlier this week. Uh, just different reporters and and players from his time in college football, which uh, was a, was an extended amount of time. He had a long career, very successful career. Uh, just some really cool stories. Nothing to do with football. Just pure. Um, just how good of a human he was and how uh interesting of a human he yes. was uh you really never knew what you were going to get with him um so there's there's been some really cool stories that have come out about him so obviously uh really really sad news um, yeah. but yeah praying for him and, and his family and hopefully um yeah i mean it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation yeah it's a, it's it's quite a tough loss and i'm not sure if everybody knows who listens but one of the one of the parts of our intro is actually a Mike Leach interview after a game talking about uh, how someone stole their their player's lunch money and they just kind of let it happen. So yeah, we're definitely going to keep that in there for for all time. Um, it's it's a great little quote, but yeah, we're definitely praying for the Leach family, um, and we wish their family and Mississippi State, Washington State, Texas Tech. OU all all the yeah. all the the schools and programs he coached with uh, we wish them the best. That was that, I mean some of my first memories of growing up watching Big 12 football were Mike like when I think of Texas Tech I still in the back of my mind I think of Mike Leach. That crab crab tree catch on yeah. the sideline. Yeah, yeah, I mean I I mean that was early on I was probably when did that happen? 
2008, like right? Eight, yeah. 2007, 2008. I think I, yeah, I was in elementary school still. Yep. But like, it, it was like, so that's when I started watching football. And I remember the Graham Harrell, Michael Crabtree. Um, I'm trying to think who came after them. I'm not 100% sure, but I mean, again, that was, uh, that, that's what I remember when I think of yep. Texas Tech. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, so thinking about him, praying for him, you know, all, the, all those good things. Um, but Greg, we don't, we were talking about basketball before. There's not really much that's happened in the Big 12 in basketball, but you want to give us some of the notable games in the past week? So Iowa State fell to Iowa in a pretty ugly affair. Uh, <laughs> Iowa wins by 19, and uh, really, I mean, disappointing loss for Iowa State. I, I'm sure that beating them in football this year was probably something that they're still celebrating, especially considering they haven't had much to celebrate in football. But losing losing to Iowa by that much in basketball is. is uh, I, I think Iowa State would take that a little bit more personally. <laughs> yeah, losing 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 to your in-state rival is one thing, and then losing by almost twenty is 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 another thing. So, yeah. especially in a in a sport that historically, I mean, at least in the last 10, 15 years, Iowa State has been really really good in. Exactly. Yeah. And then the other the other notable game of this past week is OU falling to Arkansas by ten. Uh, at the time, Arkansas was ranked. Number nine. This was actually at the BOK Center in Tulsa, so technically a neutral site, but I actually saw some. I don't know if you saw this, Greg, but I saw some video. It was flooded by Arkansas fans, which is kind of to be expected. They travel really well. So. They do travel well. It's a, it's a fun neutral site. I was actually at that game last year. Um, I know you won, but um, it's, a, it's an interesting neutral site. It's probably equal distance uh, from Norman to Tulsa as it is Fayetteville to, uh, to Tulsa. So, yeah, and, and Arkansas fans do travel really well, so glorified home game for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we got Big 12 play starting in two weeks right around the new year after Christmas, so that's we're, we're getting really excited. Um, so we actually we actually have four we have four ranked teams in, in the top 25. It's good to see. It's kind of the same as last week. Um, Texas at seven, Kansas at eight, Baylor at eleven, and basically Iowa State and TCU switched spots. Uh, last week Iowa State was at twenty. This week TCU was at twenty-one. So they're basically switching spots. But yeah, it's it's it, it's good to see forty percent of your conference being in the in the top twenty-five. But you'll see more teams too. I think yeah. jump in and out as the season goes on. Uh, if a team. Gets hot, especially in Big 12 play. You rattle off a couple of wins, you're going to earn your way into the top 25. Right, right. And TCU is 8-1 and one right now. It seems like a great record. And the reason they're 21 versus like Texas at 7 is they haven't really played a tough non, non-conference schedule. So that's why the AP voters aren't aren't placing them very high in the in the top 25. I think that um, that loss to, who did they lose to? Northwestern State or something like that? That's right. It's probably still really killing that's them because that was a that was not a good that's loss. Right. They're, they were one of the lowest ranked teams in terms of the Ken Palm ratings, uh, so that's probably yeah. hurting them too. Yes, but Greg, I got some stats for you this week. I, I know you love your stats. I'm a big stat guy. Um, I love numbers. I love yeah, all things math. But the Big Twelve actually has a lot of players and a couple of teams. Who are top 
10 in the nation in a, cer- in a certain category. So we got Marquise Noel, second in the nation in assists per game at 8.2. Uh, Marquise is from K-State. They, they're playing well. I mean, I'm honestly surprised that they're not ranked. I want to say that they are also 8-1, and 8-1 one, and one or 9-1, and one, somewhere in there. But they're playing well. I haven't checked their non-conference schedule. But second in the nation assists per game is pretty, pretty dang solid. Um, we also got Dejuan Harris coming back after um, the national championship last year. He's eighth in the nation in assists at 6.5. Um, we got a lot of returning players on this list. Uh, Adam Flagler from Baylor is ninth in, in the nation in assists and 3.3. Three-point shots made per game. Um, yeah, I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. One one that I think, and maybe this is me just being an Oklahoma State fan, but I thought was the most interesting was Oklahoma State is seventh in the country in opponent field goal percentage. Right? That's that's a good sign. That means your defense is playing well. You're closing out well on guys. But uh, how, how are they still six and four? Well, they can't shoot still. They haven't <laughs> figured out offense um, and, and – they're, yeah, like you said, they're sitting at 6-4, and four, bottom of the Big 12, even though the conference play hasn't started yet. they still got some stuff to figure out. I mean, the defense is a good sign. So, I mean, if you can somehow get a few shots to fall, get some find, find your go-to guy offensively, they'll be dangerous. Yeah. But it's... Six and four is uh, not an not an impressive record uh, in the non conference, especially considering that besides UConn, uh, they haven't really played anyone of um, a top twenty five caliber. Right, exactly. Well, so that that was kind of that was kind of your your good old basketball rundown from the Big Twelve. But uh, we there's there's kind of been a lot a lot happening. Um, on the football side of things in in the past couple of weeks so what what what's some of the biggest news greg what do you what do you got for me so there's a couple of big things one we wanted to hit on last week but we just we got talking about the transfer portal we got so excited about that and just went too long so we went ahead and postponed it for for this week but uh college football has announced a new playoff format it will be starting in 2024 um so the so two more of the current playoff formats. Correct. Um, two more seasons of the this one or and the this next season one. and the next season. Yes, and then uh, the following year uh, there will be a twelve team playoff for the first time, and it's a pretty interesting format. Um, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on it, but I can go ahead and lay it out. So essentially, they'll still do the rankings. I'm assuming like they normally do with TV show and right all all that stuff. Um, the Top four teams um, will be your uh, top four co- ranked conference champions from the uh, Power Five level. So this year would have been Kansas State, even though technically they were ranked lower. They are ranked lower than TCU. Uh, would have been Georgia, Michigan, uh, Michigan, and then would it have been Clemson. No, it would have been Utah, right? Was you well? Who was ranked higher? Honestly, I'm not even <laughs> sure. But the the point is 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 so your so your top four conference champions, and then uh, be the highest ranked group of five team, and I believe the rest are wild cards besides it's, your besides the other power five conference champions. So yes, it leaves it open to a lot of you know you could potentially see four or five SEC schools in there. Um, however, 
I think is a Big 12 fan. This is, this is my overall take on it. As a Big 12 fan, this should really excite everyone um, because it gives an opportunity for all of our current schools, um, schools that will be in the conference in 2024, I mean, um, it gives it gives a little bit more hope going into the season because you have, it's no longer the mindset of if we don't go undefeated or if that one loss isn't considered a really good loss, we're not going to make the playoff. I mean, there's a little bit more room for error um, and it makes that conference championship game um, very important. Yeah, it does. I, I think like... For instance, TCU losing the conference championship game this year, it it could have it could have hurt them a lot, right? It it really could have, but they they lose. Let let's say there's the twelve the twelve team format this year. Say they lose, well, they're still going to make it to the to the playoff because yeah, there would have never been a question, right? Right, and honestly, maybe even the same thing with Kansas State if TCU wins the. The Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, and so. I mean Kansas State was Kansas State was right around that. I think they were ninth um, heading into the matchup against TCU. So a loss in that game, and you're borderline at that twelve spot. So again, it's um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The one of the more intriguing parts of it to me, and they haven't finalized the whole the whole deal yet, but the um, the first round games. the first round matchups will be held at the highest ranked team's home stadium. It's awesome. So can you imagine Kansas State hosting a playoff game in Manhattan? That would be that would be wild. That Manhattan would be blowing its doors off. Any Big Twelve That's- college town. I mean like Stillwater would be popping Lubbock if Texas Tech can ever get up there. Um if TCU I mean could you imagine Morgantown? Oh my goodness, that would be that would be so fun. There probably wouldn't be a sober person <laughs> within 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 two miles of that stadium. Um, yeah, no, that would be that would be sick. But yeah, I, I just think it it the argument against it was always well, the regular season means less. Um, and and I again, I just I disagree with that. I think um, I think it still makes the regular season mean. Um, I think it makes it mean even more because you have, again, teams like, again, again, Kansas State this year, or if you want to go back to last year, looking at the Big 12, Oklahoma State and Baylor that were within that, I think, 5 to 10 range uh, heading into the conference championship game and then basically flip-flop spots after Baylor won. Um, You have these teams that are right on the outside looking in, having to face the uphill battle of um, hoping that Alabama loses and that they're the committee is able to look past the the A on the side of their logo, you know, or or a Georgia or uh, a Michigan or Ohio State. So I think it really helps the um, the brands of college football that don't necessarily carry the same weight due from a national media perspective. I yeah, I one hundred percent agree. I mean, and to be completely honest, like we we also have to be fair in that a twelfth ranked team won't win the playoff most likely yeah um but i mean like for instance the world cup this year morocco makes it to makes it to the to the semis and you're like oh my gosh could they win it they're the dark horse and i mean you're 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 gonna have every once in a while you're gonna have that 12th or 10th or 11th ranked team make it to the semis or the quarters some something like when that you, yeah i think when you play in tournaments that are it's single game elimination so i mean 
the NBA, the way that they do the playoffs with the the seven game seven game series, it makes it very difficult for a lower seed to really come in and upset a higher seed. Right. But when you're talking like, and now March Madness is a little different because they're all neutral side games and. Um, and some of these college football games will be played at the higher ranked team stadium. But when you're talking college sports, one game, anything can happen. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think we'll see a 12th ranked team ever, ever win the playoff, but I think we'll see them make the, make the final four once every, you know, 10 years or something yeah. like that. And, and cause those types of things happen. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, so yeah, that's. That's that's exciting. It's it. There was some rumors that it, it wasn't gonna ha- this twelve team playoff wasn't gonna happen until the current contract ran out, which was in like twenty twenty six or something like that. But it's exciting to know that they got it done for twenty twenty four, and we're only we're only two years away. So it's or I guess a year and a half at this point. Yeah. But um. So yeah, Greg, I wanna. This is a Big Twelve podcast. We love the teams that are in the Big Twelve, but. I think that there are some some rumors going around in the Big 12 that um, OU and Texas might actually leave around that same time that the, the new college football playoff format gets started. Um, personally, I well, I'm sad I'm sad to hear that they're leaving. Like I I mean this is going back to a year and a half ago when it when the news broke. I'm sad to hear they're leaving. Um, but the contract goes until 2025, I think. Yeah. Um, so even if they were to leave in 2024, each each school has to pay the Big 12 about 70, 75 to $80 million. And I don't think that they're going to be able to do that unless some booster comes out of the woodworks. And Yeah, I. it was funny that this, so this article came out this week that OU and Texas and and I think that this is maybe I think this might be the second or third time that this has happened mm-hmm. since the news broke that oh OU and Texas might be leaving sooner than 2025 part of me feels like there's someone working behind the scenes at OU or Texas that just wants this to happen really bad so they just get these types of things pushed out to try to basically force it to happen I agree with you Tanner I don't Neither school can afford it. The only, uh, the only, the only people that can make this possible would be ESPN. Uh, ESPN is the only uh, entity that could make this work. Um, and again, I'm not sure of the inner workings of that because you're talking about contracts and uh, legal fees and, and all that sort of stuff. I'm not a lawyer. I can't. I, I'm not. Yeah. Are I, you? No, no. I was a finance major, so no, no, nowhere near that. But what I do know is that, yes, OU and Texas single-handedly um, cannot afford to pay that buyout. Um, although I'm sure the Big 12 would love it to happen because they're losing them anyway. So what's a, uh, I mean, what's another $160 million in your back pocket? But I, I just, I don't see it happening unless ESPN forces their hand and... Uh, again, even with that, ESPN's ESPN's making money off this regardless because OU and Texas, the Big Twelve, they have they have their media rights deal with ESPN and Fox, SEC, same deal. So I I think it's um I, I don't see it happening. I, yeah, I think I think they'll be around for the next two to three years. Yeah, and I mean I think it could the Big Twelve could 
could get really crazy when the four editions come and OU and Texas are still in the conference. It's going to be hectic. I mean, that's 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 literally eight months away at this point. It's it's close. No one's talking about it either, which is wild. Like there's talk about BYU, and I've seen. I've I've scrolled through some of their stuff and they don't even care about their bowl game. I forget who they're even playing. I think it might be SMU. They don't care about their bowl game. It's all, all the, the whole talk about from BYU is well, let's just get ready for the Big Twelve next year. Right. Like, I they're, mean, they're ready. <laughs> I saw I saw a tweet from UCF's football team's page. It was uh, bird's eye view of their of their stadium. They oh, already yeah. they already had the Big Twelve logo on the field. They yeah. they're ready. They're excited. Which is fantastic. We're we're very excited, and we're gonna we're gonna get there um, when they get here. Yeah, at least. yeah. <laughs> we'll start prepping for them, but we're not gonna really talk them too much until they get here. But yeah, it's just gonna like next year is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a lot of new faces, a lot of new places. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So yeah. So Tanner, do you want to give us our transfer portal updates? Yes. From around so, the conference. So the Big Twelve. Um, there have been some some more departures, some entries, not as many entries as departures, but uh, the main ones to focus on here. Last week we had Kansas State at five transfers away from the program. Uh, there's another one who has departed, so it's now Kansas State is up to six. Oklahoma State has had two um, two more departures, so they're up to fourteen. Texas has had three more, so they're up to twelve. Tech has had three more, so they're now up to eight. And West Virginia has also had three more, and they're up to 13. So a lot of guys entering the transfer portal. Once again, Greg and I emphasized this last week. Yes, kind of double-digit numbers can be scary, but almost guaranteed your incoming recruiting class, your incoming transfer class, it's, it's going to make up for those losses. Yeah, I mean, there's a few players – I realized this after after I said it last week that I maybe should have caveated with there's a few players that bottom line will be somewhat irreplaceable. Um, I mean, namely, if you have uh, starting quarterbacks or even backup quarterbacks leaving, we saw that a lot this year with how many quarterbacks got hurt. Um, and then the, the backups just weren't able to uh, step into that role as seamlessly as they would have, say, with no transfer portal. Um, but yes, 90% of these entries, they are to an extent replaceable. Um, but we would be, I think we would be doing some of these players uh, wrong by saying that that they're all replaceable. I, I that's, think there, that's there's true. a few that have cemented their their status as, as uh, stars on their former teams, and their uh, departures leave big holes that really, no matter where you look, you could you could put a band aid, but you're not gonna you're yeah yeah you're not gonna fix you're not gonna completely heal that yeah that gaping hole in your so let, let's let's talk about some of that healing though so who yes let's, let's more go. positive news uh, so again there'll be in the next couple of weeks more departures than there are commitments especially after these bowl games start to wind down and bowl practices are over uh, guys will kind of see where they stack up. Um, TCU, namely, um, I mean, no one's jumping ship. They have one guy in the transfer portal right now. Uh, that more than likely will change after the college football playoff. Um, I think we'd be naive to to think it wouldn't. Um, but let's talk about some of the, yes. the signings yes. or maybe not official signings, but commitments. Yeah. So 
nope. I'm just going to go through the schools who have not had any commitments to their programs through the transfer portal yet. So we have Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State, TCU, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. So a majority of the schools, excuse me, a majority of the schools in the conference haven't haven't received a commitment from anybody. I'm sure there's 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 a ton of offers out there, but nobody's really I received. Forget, I forget the guy's name, but there's a highly recruited five star uh, tackle from Alabama that uh, there's a lot of smoke about surrounding TCU. Yeah, um, I mean he's from Fort Worth. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I again, just because these schools don't have commitments, they will get they will get their handful of commitments well, for sure. It's and, very early on. Yeah, and also like like what we mentioned with TCU is like some of these some of the schools in the Big Twelve they're, they're they are going to a bowl game, um, but maybe it's not it's not the college football playoff, you know? Like so, TCU is most like I mean I'm sure that they have their their recruiting guys on it, but you'd like you'd like for uh, Sunny Dykes to go meet with some of the transfer guys or some some something like that. Um, so that's why that's my guess on why TCU hasn't signed anybody. But uh, Kansas has actually received a commitment from Logan Brown. He's a three-star offensive tackle from Wisconsin. Um, he left Wisconsin on not great terms. No, yeah, he, yeah, not not great. But he former five-star recruit, uh, top fifteen player in the country. So it's a huge gift for Kansas. Yeah, because um, you don't see a lot of you don't see five stars coming into Kansas out of high school or or, or most. Um, uh, most Big Twelve schools, honestly, for that matter, besides give or take OU or Texas, um, that's a huge get for Kansas. Right, right. Um, OU has actually signed three, uh, three transfers. I think, I think the one we have to mention first and foremost is that Austin Stogner is now back in the Crimson and Cream. He took a one-year departure and came back. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this, and this has to be. I I've never seen this before, a, a player transfer and then transfer back. I mean, I don't think he left OU on bad terms. He, his his departure last year was uh, wasn't really talked about very much because OU had bigger bigger uh, issues to worry about last off season uh, with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley and and all of and their even Spencer Spencer Rattler too. Yeah, all their star star players uh, transferring. But yeah, I know that. I know that OU fans are happy to have him back, um, and and I, I think he'll make a big difference, and uh, he'll probably be used a lot more than he was used in Lincoln Riley's offense because uh, he's he's a uh, he's a threat down the field to catch the ball. Very very tall, very tall tight end, good hands. So yeah, it's a good pickup for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, OU has also signed or well received a commitment, not necessarily signed, but received a commitment from Jacob Lacey. Uh, four-star defensive lineman from Notre Dame. So that's 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 a really good pull for their defense. I think uh, OU's run defense was was not great this year. Is definitely the worst in the in the Big Twelve and one of the worst in the country. At at least they were. How do you, how how would you phrase this? Above the one hundred mark in uh, defensive rushing. Yeah, rating. there were so, over a hundred teams better than them. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. That's that's a better way of saying it. And they've also they also added uh, Deshaun. I'm sorry if I miss. It might be I think the, it's Deshaun. Deshaun probably. Um, a, he's a four star edge from Indiana. So also 
um, stocking up on that on that defensive front. To, he was he was one of the higher he was one of the high, more higher sought after prospects right. in the portal, uh, and he's been in the portal since I believe the first day. And uh, that's a huge get for them. Yeah, it's a huge get for for them. And uh, as is Jacob Lacey, I think they'll both really um, help that defense in the run game, like you mentioned. Yeah, they're definitely trying to shore up that D line. Um, okay, so Oklahoma State has actually. <laughs> so, some of our listeners may have heard, some of them may have not. But earlier in the year, Mike Gundy uh, mentioned that he is not a big portal guy, quote unquote. Um, I think he's, he's he was just flat out lying to everybody. I think he was messing around with everyone. I think he was tired of people. <laughs> I think he was tired of people asking him about transfers, and he's old school. If it was up to him, this wouldn't be. Transfer portal would not be a thing, and I don't blame him. But uh, I mean, Oklahoma State was one of the um, was one of the first programs to start to utilize the grad transfer rule back like six or seven years ago. So this is, uh, yeah, I don't. I think that people that took Mike Gundy seriously were um, were, were making a mistake because they have four uh, current commits. In less than two weeks, um, so we can go down the list. So Justin Wright uh, was their first commit, a three-star linebacker from Tulsa, who's Tulsa's uh, leading tackler last year. Uh, this is a grad transfer; his one-year eligibility left. So we'll fill into uh, Mason Cobb's role more than likely, who is transferring away from Oklahoma State. Uh, then we have uh, Sean Tyler, a three-star running back transfer from Western Michigan. Uh, rushed for a thousand yards in back-to-back seasons. Uh, Oklahoma State did not have the uh, best run game this year, so this should help. Yes, I I totally agree. Um, Oklahoma State is also signed Deshaun Stribling from Washington State. He's a three-star wide receiver, so also trying just trying to add depth to that to that wide receiver. They line. lost a couple of they lost one or two receivers to the transfer portal, lose one to graduation. So um yeah, this the this commit will be it will be nice for them and uh the last Washington State transfer, uh receiver transfer that went to Oklahoma State didn't turn out too bad and, and Tay Martin became their leading receiver in two thousand twenty one. So Yeah, for sure. And then finally uh Oklahoma State has also signed Dalton Cooper a uh, three-star offensive tackle from Texas State. So Oklahoma State's uh, front five was probably the worst in the Big 12. It, Well, it, I was going to say it might have been the worst in the Power Five, but that, that was a stretch. That was speculation. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we, we need to make like a drop, like a sound bite or something for when there's speculation on this podcast. But um, – so yeah, basically just trying to shore up that shore up that offensive line. There was there was a lot of injuries, a lot of a lot of holes on the front line for Oklahoma State this year, and so yeah. definitely trying to trying to make that more solid. Um, Texas has also received a commitment. Uh, Ryan Sanborn, three star punter from Stanford. Um, How are they doing these ratings? Are they giving everyone a three star? Uh, just to give them a three star. It's all these ratings are coming from twenty four seven sports. So. Uh, I'm 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 rolling with with their. He must be not a, all transfers are equal, but I'm not going to hate on the punter. I mean, if you if it's a need, it's a need. Yeah, I mean, you got to have you've got to have a punter. He's coming from Stanford, so he probably knows all the angles. He's 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 oh, got he's got plenty down. of experience. They punt a lot out there. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
shots fired there, but okay. Um, so we've we've now given you guys an update on the transfer portal, the Big Twelve basketball scoreboard, and now we're gonna move on to the Big Twelve bowl previews. So we're we have eight teams in bowl games this year. There's a lot of bowls. Uh, today we're only gonna cover two of them. We're gonna cover the first two. Next week we're gonna try to cover the rest. Uh, we might have to speed speed through yeah, that. But, yeah. But uh, so next week, actually on December twenty second, we have the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth. It's Baylor versus Air Force. Uh, Baylor currently is a five point favorite, and it's honestly like a like a home game for Baylor. Well, the funniest part is is they're playing in TCU Stadium. And TCU fans have been having plenty of fun with that, and rightfully so. I mean, if <laughs> if you talk about any rivalry game, I mean, if if uh, let's say Texas A and M had to play a bowl game in Austin in oh, yeah. in Texas Stadium, I mean, it it, it I think it's funny. Um, but you're right in the sense of uh, proximity. Yeah, it's I mean, you're it's an hour and a half drive up the road for them, so. Should be plenty of 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 Baylor fans there. Um, I don't I don't really know what Air Force's fan base looks oh, they like. Tr- they travel. It's not it's not the biggest fan base in the world, but they they they'll travel for sure. So yeah, I mean this this probably uh, again this is one of the earlier bowl games, so won't be the most viewed. But I still think it's interesting. It's an interesting matchup. Um, Air Force their style of play. All run, no oh, pass. Boy. So, so take the under in this game. Yeah, take. Well, it depends. So, it depends on Baylor's run defense. So, statistically throughout the year, Baylor's given up around 147 rushing yards a game. Um, let me just drop this one here on you, Greg. Air Force rushes for over 330 yards a game. That is first in the in the NCAA. It's it's crazy. They also control the ball. They do a great job with time of possession, 36 minutes a game. That is also first in the nation. Um, the one place that they're like really sneaky though, they they run the wishbone, triple option, whatever you want to call it. But every once in a while, they'll, they'll run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, bring your safeties in, and then they'll just run a tight end down the seam. They'll They'll – throw somebody back behind the DBs and it's a touchdown. I mean, they throw for around 67 yards a game, but it, <laughs> it's it's probably one pass play that that's that is that entire 67 yards. So, who do you have? Who do you have? I I have Air Force. I I've been saying oh it all year. So, here's the deal. Here's oh the my, deal. Oh my goodness. I love disciplined football teams. I said it about Kansas State. I, I I went I went against the Kansas State in the Big Twelve Championship game because I actually thought TC was going to win. But I I know that Kansas State I knew that Kansas State was the more disciplined team. I should have went with them. Well, here we are. I have a I have another opportunity at picking a disciplined team. I know it's going against the Big Twelve, but I seriously think that Air Force is going to just out scheme Baylor, and Baylor probably hasn't played a team like this since the triple option was a thing in the nineties, you know, I'm glad that we're not all going to pick big 12 teams because we would just be homers and that wouldn't be any fun. Um, I'm going to disagree with you. I'll take Baylor. And I mean, 
Because of Air Force's style of play, a blowout would be hard to see just because of the, uh, they don't, they don't throw the ball. So, you know, you're going to run the ball. Clock's going to continue to run. I think they limit themselves in that way. I would, I don't know. I don't know who Air Force has played outside of some of the service academies. I know that they played CU, um, I I don't see this being that close of a game. I I really oh, don't. Wow. I think I don't oh, think they've wow. played a quarter. I I don't think Blake Shapin is an a star quarterback by any means. But I don't think they've played a quarterback like Blake Shapin. Greg. I mean, I I'll, I'm I'm taking Baylor, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Baylor also has three weeks to prepare for this triple option offense. Um. And if Air Force gets down at all, that sixty-seven passing yards a game is not gonna is not gonna help them out very much. I, I I understand that. Yeah, I mean Air Force really hasn't played that. I mean they're in the Mountain West. You know they haven't played really anybody tough. They beat <laughs> they beat Army in a thirteen to seven barn burner. But I, I'm still I'm still sticking with the Air Force. I respect the pick. Baylor's not a service academy, and I think they'll I think they'll win. That's that's fine. That is fine. So the next game we're going to cover is Oklahoma State versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin is currently a three-point favorite. This is the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix. Um, Greg, why is this going to be a – this is going to be a weird game, right? It's – This – I don't even know who's playing in this game, to be honest with you. I know Oklahoma State and Wisconsin are playing. I don't know which players are playing. Um, we talked about how many – Players Oklahoma State had entered the portal. I believe Wisconsin has had nine players enter the portal themselves, including their starting quarterback, Graham Mertz. Yes. Um, and then, obviously, Oklahoma State starting quarterback, Spencer Sanders. So, uh, be backup against backup for Oklahoma State. More than likely, it will be Garrett Rangel. And then for Wisconsin, I don't believe they've announced a starting quarterback yet, but it will either be their uh, freshman, Miles Burkett, or their senior, Chase Wolf. neither of which have played hardly at all. Chase Wolf is a senior, so he's gotten uh, in, in some mop-up duty throughout the years, but nothing uh, nothing of, of uh, longevity there. And then Miles Burkett, obviously, is a freshman. He's played in uh, one game this year, so I don't... It's really difficult to preview a game. You don't really know who's playing in the game. And coaching, because Luke Fickle just took over as Wisconsin Wisconsin's head coach. There's there's a there's a lot up in the air right now. That's that is true. I think um yeah, I, I think the one I think the difference in this game, so Mike Gundy, being an Oklahoma State fan, Mike Gundy has a good record in bowl games. He typically lets it all lets it all hang out there. Normally these games don't mean very much, but I, Oklahoma State historically plays well in these games. Um, Wisconsin, though, is able to run the ball, and that is Oklahoma State's biggest weakness on defense. And with the backup quarterback, I expect Wisconsin to run the ball a lot. Yeah, yeah. I I totally agree with you. Um, Wisconsin's... oh. Gosh, what's his name? Braylon was, Allen. I was yes. trying to think of it earlier. Braylon Allen. I would have mentioned it. I would have mentioned it, but I was I was blanking on his name. <laughs> Braylon Allen is there. Is there running back? I mean, Wisconsin rushes for around 173 yards a game. I, I'd have to imagine he probably is 
at 130, 130 somewhere in there. He averages about around 130 rushing yards a game. So that's that's not a great sign if you're an OSU fan. OSU allows 134 yards rush, yeah. rushing a game. So it's it's not looking like a great matchup. There's going to be a lot of inexperience in this game. I think, yeah, I think Wisconsin can take advantage of that, especially against OSU's defense, um, who has lost. Couple of starters to the portal and some death pieces. Um, now, as well as some to some to the draft, as well. Yes, as well as Tyler Lacey is is not playing in the bowl game to get ready for the draft. So, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure what we're going to see in this game. Um, I think Wisconsin has less question marks, so I'm going to unfortunately pick against uh, my Oklahoma State Cowboys. I'm going to take Wisconsin. Again, that's just due to the question marks around Oklahoma State. You don't really know what you're going to get on offense with an offense that's uh, struggled since, to, to say the least. Struggled is, is um, I think, a kind word there since Spencer Sanders has uh, been out with injury. Um, so I will, as much as I hate to admit it, I'll, I will take Wisconsin. And I will once again go opposite of you, Greg. Um, I'm going to have to go with Oklahoma State. This is... Uh, I just being completely honest and frank is like a 25% emotional pick. Um, <laughs> maybe a little bit more. I don't know, <laughs> but I really think that Oklahoma state kind of like what you're saying is that what you said before, Mike Gundy's great in bowl games. I think that Oklahoma state has three weeks to basically scheme up for Wisconsin. I know there's, there's a lot of change going on, but uh, Mike Gundy, is great at taking what he has and building with it. So I think you're going to see – I don't I don't know what the score is going to end up being. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout or not, but I'm going to go with Oklahoma State on this one. And Regardless of the outcome of, of who wins and loses, I think it will be pretty low scoring. Um, that's been the general consensus, um, and I would have to agree with that. I don't think any offense with a backup quarterback is going to be super explosive. Now, I could be wrong, um, but that, that would be my prediction. Yep, yep. Well, anything else you got for us tonight, Greg? No, no. We will uh, hopefully preview the rest of the Big 12 Bowl games next week. There's a lot bigger ones to get to. No disrespect to the Armed Forces Bowl or the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, but um, looking forward to talking uh, some of these bigger bowl games. TCU Michigan, K-State Alabama. Heck that, yeah. that does a little more for me than uh, Baylor Air Force, but um, it's all right. Baylor had their year last year, so. Yep. Go Big 12. Let's go. Well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you spending your time with us, but we do ask two things of you. We ask that you will share this with your friends, your family, your dog, your cat, your parakeet, whoever. Just share it with everybody. Um, and please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at around the. 12 it's actually around the underscore 12 but if you look up around the 12 you'll find us um yeah so please reach out to us with any questions you have anything you want us to answer we would love to actually receive listener questions and be able to answer them on the podcast so if you have anything for us please let us know um we thank you we love you goodbye